Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I find myself looking at the world unfolding and looking back at the past and wondering where there's similarities and where there's differences. And I look back to times like wartime and I look at, you know, when it started, do they think they were in it for four or five years? From Offscript Media, I am Matthew Zachary, and this is a special edition of Out of Patience. Anyone remember the old Vince Giraldi trio song, Cast Your Fate to the Wind? Look it up, kids, because it's got almost nothing to do with today's show other than being a legendary tune and related metaphor for today's theme, which has nothing to do with the editorial calendar that you're used to. I'm just going to hit the record button and see what happens. Kids, school, parenting, work, hard enough without COVID. With COVID, a dumpster fire shitstorm inside another dumpster fire shitstorm. Today's show is a real-time Steam Valve release with two of my high school friends like best friends for life, returning champions, Karen Marinelli and Elora Nanos. Both were guests on episode two way back on March 18th, pre-COVID, and Elora returned for our first covid Back to School Insanity show just a few weeks ago on September 18th. There is no normal. There is no end right now. We are living every moment in the moment on stilts, on top of eggshells, riding a wooden raft on a lava river during an earthquake while the asteroid approaches. You get the picture? We hope you nod your heads while listening to us because Lord knows we are not alone during this shitstorm and we've got to get through it together. Enjoy the show. So off the heels of this random show you and I did, Elora, where we just bitched about kid COVID, school, parenting, dumpster fire, crapness, it took off. Like that was the one of all the shows I've done. Listen to this. No, that's the show that I was like, damn it. They're saying what's in my freaking head. That's my so job. That you're, yeah, we did, we did a job by accident. Yeah. But the show's not over yet because we brought Karen into the mix, who joined us months ago before COVID when life was, quote, normal-ish, because she has so much more to contribute to the kid COVID cancer school dumpster fire bullshit fuck fest. How the hell are we doing this? You know, we don't have a choice. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Is it really just like enduring with style? Oh, no, I'm going beyond style. I'm really, I'm doing this. I'm doing the shit out of this time period. You're you're prom fucking COVID. I am prom fucking COVID. (laughs) (laughs) That is what I do. (laughs) You really are though. You make COVID look fun. Do I? Yeah. Yeah. It's because I've lost my fucking mind. So, so, but there's always, you know, there's, there's a liberation in that. It's like you've lost your mind. So you are no longer beholden. Do you do the crazy person laugh? No. No. Like the Dr. Evil. (laughs) No, like there was a distinct time in my laugh, in my life where people were like, they would look at me and they'd be like, that laugh is new. It's like, it's an unhinged, like completely off the rails. COVID like, laugh. COVID. Yeah. Is it pure maniacal? Because it's either, no, it's not maniacal. It's like, you really, really lost your mind. Exasperation. No, yeah. for, for me, it, it's. Because um, it, it's either that or you just like fall for apart. For me, it's, and... it's all about wicking. Wicking. Wicking it's fabric. About, oh, that's but like the it, fabric yeah. stuff, right? That keeps yeah, you from getting wet. Does your micro wool wick? But yeah, I got micro wool. You have micro wool. I got wicking How fabric. How get into this? Because, so, as you know, I don't know. Does a COVID hack or something? But yeah, it's not really, I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it to everyone. But, you know, in COVID, I, I got kayaks. I learned how to play pickleball. I started walking. <laughs> and for the listeners, like, that is antithetical to everything you have been and stood for since I've met you yes, in 1988. I stand for hating all things involving balls and running and sweating and anything like that. And um, 
you know, now I'm working out outside. With, I was lifting weights this morning with my workout group and my trainer. It's all crazy. It's fun, though. I know. Who am I even? I'm not good at any of these things, but I am doing them. And you know what? Now I'm like, I feel like I have license to just not even give a shit anymore. Welcome to your mid-40s. <laughs> you know what? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You realize I met you guys in 1988. I do realize that. That is crazy shit. Yeah, yeah, like on the heels of Knight Rider and look at where we are now. <laughs> Everything old is new again except for fucking COVID. Yeah, COVID is really fucking old. Wait, so I, I Except wanna... pegging your pants means a totally different thing now. <laughs> I know. But I'm so happy that we're back to that. <laughs> I was an expert pegger. Were you? I, oh, <laughs> fuck that yeah. That sentence also means something very different right now. <laughs> to the Reddit forums. <laughs> we have no idea what the hell's... By the way, listeners, we're drinking too. This is Drunk we're COVID drinking. Bitch Fest. No, I'm not drunk. I'm just drinking. No, we're drinking. Drinking. We are not drunk. We are enjoying and imbibing as 30-year 30 30 friends. Yes. Just to... I don't know. It's, it's such a steam valve to be able to talk to people who are going through the same crap and, and oh my God, what's going on? I just want to say, since the last show, for those of you who are following along, apparently, so we had the kids in hybrid and Jess's school was open. My wife is a speech therapist, works in a school, and they were hybriding my wife's students who were coming in for speech therapy. By the way, note, noted the use of the word hybriding. Hybriding. <laughs> Not hibernating. No, hybridized. I love it. Is I that love- a word? Can we say hybriding? Uh, now, now we can. I've made it the word. Yeah. And everything was sort of going to plan. And then all of a sudden, like Google Classroom pulled an Affordable Care Act and crashed historically in New York City. And there's a teacher shortage. And they're trying to get teachers to be the virtual teachers. And then the curriculum was different with the teachers in the school versus the hybrid kids versus the kids that are only at home versus the kids. Well, there are no kids that are going to school. And mine are. I'm going to get to you because you have a crazy ass story of planting the seed so karen homeschooled her kids finally got into public school and then COVID hit and fuck you so my last kid trans was supposed to start the day school closed in march and karen karen you have four kids and you've homeschooled them for like their entire lives entire lives yeah up to 18 and And then then public school yay yay fuck you sorry (laughs) so and i and i met your your older daughter Right as she was about to start real in-person school for like the first time and you were talking to me about how there was this, you know, you did the transition and you were getting ready for her to go to real school. And then as soon as she got as there, as she started. That's COVID it. It. Yeah, That's exactly. It. That's the universe Done. just fucking with you right yeah. there. So we had like, you know, man plans, God laughs, but this is beyond that metaphor at all because you can't plan for shit right now. I can plan for kayaking. That's you, it. Yeah. <laughs> so you, what you can get done, right? Yes. Yes. Own what you can at yeah. this point. So then there's the spike in Brooklyn and they had to close my wife's school and close my kid's school. So we went from hybrid to home and maybe hybrid again. And we said, pull them out. Forget it. Full on homeschool. But are you really homeschooling or are you doing virtual public I mean, school? Well, I say homeschool, I mean like virtual crisis learning. What the hell? The, crisis learning. You're not learning. going to school. Yeah. Crisis learning. And, you know, it freaked them out because then we have to deal with like I'm remote apple ing into their laptops or their iPads to fix Zoom and Google Yeah, because your tech support and, and Jess everything. is doing customer service on the app that tells them when there's class starts and are they in there and what the hell is homework? And by the way, they're learning like advanced calculus in fifth grade. I just want why? Anyway, end of that. But now the kids are like, there is no stability. There is no security. There's no routine to anything. And Jess doesn't even yet know if she's going back to her school, let alone if she wants to or if they're going to mandate it. So anyway, that's my latest update of the cluster of fuckedness of what we're going through. And everyone I'm talking to just nods their heads and says the same damn shit. So Karen... We have to talk about this because, yes, finally, public school, you move back to Jersey, you've been in Georgia for a million years, and then good luck with that. What's it been like? Four kids. So one is graduated, right? So is that off the hook? I'm off the hook. Okay. He's, he's doing online college, and he's working, and he's doing his own thing, and all, all right, I have to do down. is write it one down. I've got one in hybrid high school. She's still going to hybrid high school as of today. It's still open. Still open. Oh, okay. it's open? It's open. Oh, She's, this is week seven. It's amazing. been amazing. I've got... And this is Secaucus, New Jersey. Rutherford. Rutherford, New right Jersey. Right next okay. to Secaucus. I've got one who's five days a week in person. Week seven. She's still going every day. Wow. Is it hybrid look? The class is like eight kids? She's got 14 kids in her class and it's full time in person. Wow. It's like an hour shorter than usual because they're staggering. Drop How do they test up. or do they test? They do. 
Yeah, they take their tests at their desks like they always did. No, I mean like the COVID test. Oh, we're not COVID testing unless, I don't know. I Do mean, they take their temperature when they work so, in the school? No, they don't. So parents, they don't. Parents screen. We have a checklist. We screen yeah, I'm every sure the morning, parents are screening, but mm-hmm. we're not reporting yeah, let's temperatures. Trust that. Yeah. To be fair, what could go wrong? My town is my Famous town is eight, eight miles outside of Manhattan. Like most of my town commutes to Manhattan. I, if you unofficially, I'm thinking a big chunk of my town has had COVID and had antibodies already. Right. That's just my. I mean, it's not official, but that's my personal. Opinion. Oh yeah. By the way, Karen also has. Sexy, fabulous antibodies like I do. Yes, I, I feel do. like such a loser. And, I have and no so antibodies. You don't and have so no do antibodies. Kids. I don't want antibodies. <laughs> but what does it mean, right? It's a new shame. What does it mean? Nobody knows. Right. But yeah, so I've got one, the middle kid. Well, middle, there's no middle out of four, but the middle out of the three who are going to school. <laughs> the two and a half child. The two and a half child. Um, his school shut down today is the first day. Mm. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, there was... There was one, they're really heavily siloed. He had, they had one positive case and they quarantined to class. And then I think they had another positive case and they quarantined to class. And then they had a third positive case. And the way it's affecting the staff quarantine, there's not enough adults to open the school. So he wasn't exposed. We're not quarantined, but he has to stay home because there's not enough adults to open school. Did it freak him out? Like what's... He's What's, disappointed because he went – so he went from six weeks of hybrid. This was his first week where he gets to go to school every day. Mm. So he's really, really bummed that he got two days in and now he's out again. Did they prepare to switch from the hybrid or the in-person to – are you using Google Classroom? Yeah. And it works. Our, our district is amazing. I, I can't I need get, your district. I yeah, we have Google, New York City school system. We have Google yeah. Classroom too. It's wonderful. We yeah. have no problems at all. My kids are entirely online. No problems at all. The only problem is that the district keeps butting in and changing the schedule. I mean, is it is it is, is it fair to conflate then or comport that the New York City Board of Ed is huge and massive and huge. very unique and you can't yeah it, it's you can't too compare big it to anything to, you can't it, compare yeah, it. Right. yeah I think that's true yeah my district is I mean it's small compared to New York City it's big for New Jersey district um, I live in a town that has I want to say the population is about sixty thousand people right yeah, um, that's a so lot it's for a pretty a big district school district but you know th- so we have something like fourteen elementary schools. They, they, I think they do a great job. The only problem is, is every time the district does anything, and I know that they do it with great deliberation. They really do. I mean, these people are knocking themselves out to make the right decisions for the students and for the teachers. How refreshing. Yeah, I, they're, they're, they're doing a wonderful job. The problem is the parents, there's always somebody that bitches. So, you know, we were going to go to school full time. People bitched that that wasn't safe enough. Okay, fine. Then they decided to go all virtual. People bitch because it wasn't good enough. Uh, you know, it's better for the kids to be in school. So we started going virtual. Everyone complained, oh, it's too much screen time. So then they said, okay, fine, less screen time. The second half of the day, you got to teach your kid. So the first half of the day, the teachers teach. The second half of the day, you teach your own kid because this way they won't be staring at the screen. Wait, do you think this has been like the great reveal of, you know, it really hasn't been the teacher's fault, parents? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder though, because I think that what's happening for the most part is that you know, the kids are going to their virtual classes for the first half of the day. And then when it's time to like do home, like real homeschool, be home and on your own, the kids are sitting around playing video games. Right. Who? Because everyone's had it. Everyone's like, why don't you take it, parents yeah. who are totally frazzled, you know, who are trying to, to deal with their own jobs and their own lives and expect that they're going to teach their kids fractions in the afternoon? No, that's right. not going to work. Yeah. And we're right. seven months in. And now we're supposed to go back to real school on a hybrid schedule next week. But here's here's the kicker, is that the kids who go to in-person school on the hybrid schedule, they are learning from the teacher in the classroom, but that same teacher at the same time is teaching to the computer screen for the kids at home. Yeah. I heard about that. We've got that. Yeah, where like the, the, the teacher's in the classroom and she's speaking into like a computer screen while children are in front of the computer yeah. screen. I was like, hello. How does that work? Make sense? I would have to imagine it's absolutely I hear it's terrible. awful. For I hear it's terrible. How do you raise your hand? How do you, yeah. It's been fine for my kids. It from, works? From the kids' perspective, it's been fine in my house. But for the teachers, it's got to be awful. I, here's the thing that I don't understand. Why are they not at least like New Jersey, for example, has the state teacher of the year or whatever in every subject each year, whoever gets the award. Why don't you take that person, put that person on TV Every single New Jersey student that's learning sixth grade math logs on to that lady's classroom. She's the lesson teacher. Right. And then their their classroom teachers could be there to support 
Find the person who's really good at doing it on a screen. Because they don't lecture. School's not structured like when we were in school. It's not like you can have one teacher lecturing to 100 kids. It's got to be interactive. And she can't manage that many kids and really... Yeah, but it could be like, here's the presentation part. And then the interactive part will be step two. I mean, we're talking about kids that are like, I mean, I think my kids are the youngest of all of ours in their fifth grade. So what about parents that have kids in pre-K through fourth grade? Like, that's oh, a whole other planet. Com- it's comical what's happening for it, I kids mean, like under fourth grade. Yeah. It is I mean, all respects due to these parents. Like, how the hell are you dealing with a, a toddler or a pre-K with all of this? And that's why my district that figured out have. how to bring pre-K to third grade they're in person every day in my district oh are they are they really my second graders in school every day. I, somebody that i knew a teacher that i knew had a, what i thought was a really smart idea which was um and i'll tell you i have a high school student it's fine at the high school level i mean of course it would be better to be in school but the high school students really don't have a hard time with any of this right so my friend's idea was take the high school buildings which are very big convert those into the pre-k buildings so that you have space like wide open space that now the smaller kids can go in and use. And now there's enough room to spread everyone out so that the classrooms maybe only have five kids in them, but you have all the high school be fully remote and you have all the smaller kids use the high school buildings. I thought that so was a real really, estate do you want to know my, my opinion. What? The high schoolers need to be there more than the little kids. You think so? I think. Is it a social gonna get into more trouble? I think, I think for high schoolers, there are mental health issues that don't yeah. really apply to the little that, kids. And I think that the material they're learning is more complicated. I think you can recover from not having a great pre-K or a great kindergarten. I don't think you can recover as easily from not having a great junior year in high school. Hmm. No, I think that that's, that's an important point because the, yeah, there are probably more high school students that are more acutely handling mental health issues. I mean, either, well, not to say, though, that younger kids don't have those. You know, and younger kids might have more of an issue of, you know, if they're in a house where there is violence or, you know, substance abuse or something, they have no other option. How do they get out of the house? And to be fair, I think being home has been better for the mental health of some high schoolers and but really worse, bad for others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My son loves being home. He wants to stay home forever. Forever is one of the questions. We're learning so much about education right now. Which parts are we going to keep? Like when we do eventually get back to quote unquote normal, which parts of this are we get like homework? Does anybody miss homework? <laughs> Definitely not. Right. It's such a reveal. Homework doesn't has matter. The, has Testing finally doesn't proven matter. That we don't need homework before high school. Let's be serious though. What are the odds that any educational district is going to actually take a breath and look back and say, what would be good to keep and what would be good to scrap? They won't. They will never do that because no. that's not the way school districts operate because for the most part, they're reactionary to whatever parents are bitching and moaning about. And parents, you know, even the best parents tend to be the least informed about education issues in general, like what's available, what's expected, what's necessary. Teachers are the ones that are usually the best informed about that. And they're the ones that have the softest voice in educational decisions true. because true. the parents have a strong lobby and the board of ed usually is different than just the classroom Wait, teachers. so we're going to go back to the same rinse and repeat stupidity. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that's the what we do. Thing. The education departments are government. Like government doesn't learn. Yeah. Haven't, from haven't we also shown that... On that, I'm having a drink. Yeah. Haven't we also shown that educational choice is actually doable? Right. That's true. Right? Could we keep a hybrid model? Could we keep virtual available? Could we... We right? could. Mm-hmm. We could do a lot. I mean, is it fair to put that kind of burden on parents who don't want to do that? Or is it is are there a bunch of parents who would want that to be the case? That, that you can choose? Yeah. There are like 25 or 30 states in the United States that already have 100% virtual options all the time. Really? Nothing to really? do with COVID. Yep. Most states have state-sanctioned public virtual school available all the time. I had no idea. But let me say this, though, as a parent. If there's one thing that I absolutely fucking hate as a mother... It's choices. I hate choices. Because <laughs> then you, you have want to make them. one lane, that's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to decide. What to do. do I give the vaccine? Do I not give the vaccine? Just fucking, I don't know. You tell me. That's why I go to the doctor. Do I go to this kind of school or that kind of school? I don't like these choices. I really don't. I don't like deciding what to feed them. I don't like deciding what time is bedtime. I like knowing what the answer is and having no choice and just doing it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I can't stand How very it. linear of you. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, I mean... It's too much. It's too much pressure. And I cannot be an expert on everything. I just can't. Yeah. It's too much pressure. And I can't take it anymore. And if this has showed me anything, it's that when it comes down to it, I don't want to be the one making the decision. Well, and the truth of the matter is when you have choices, if you choose wrong and it blows up, you've got to own that. Yeah. And I don't want to. 
I already have enough guilt. Thank you very much. <laughs> or, or is it like, oh, they'll get in therapy at some point to be fine? They're all going to be in therapy. It doesn't matter what we do. <laughs> they all, they all have all therapists. Be in therapy. Just yeah. FYI, everybody, every kid above 14, they all have therapists. And, um, and, 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 and if their parents are smart, their parents do too. Is this too. like, in, yeah. like, in my day, we didn't have therapy yeah. in high school. Yeah. It, it's really yeah. interesting. And, and it's, it's wonderful in a way because the attitude about going to a therapist is it's like going to a manicurist was for us. Really? Yeah. Because there's no stigma. There's no, no judgments. No. There's, oh, it's sure. Let's let's therapy out. Why? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take advantage of something that's available that can make life better? And I think that that many people think of a therapist in in a very similar way as people think of a stylist, which is a person who has expertise who's there to help you be the best you that you can be. And actually, I think it's really accurate. You know, although people have different levels of need when it comes to therapy, the idea that a therapist is really just a professional. It's not a threat anymore. Right. It's not a threat. It's not a sign of weakness. I also think they're looking at the adults in their lives who aren't going to therapy, who probably should, and thinking that they're breaking a cycle. Interesting. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Wow. Right. Like my, my mom's crazy. Every, you know, everybody's mom's always crazy, right? That was the case when we were teenagers. I'm sure it's the case now. That's forever the case of teenagers. But... To say, well, my mom's crazy. She should have fixed it. I will now fix it. That's an mm. interesting kind of teenage yeah. rebellion uh, I think turn on its I head. I think the idea of breaking generational trauma is really well known. You think? Among teenagers? Well, all right. As two moms of teens, right? My kids are 10. Your kids are teenagers. What have you seen in the mental health universe of their anxiety? I'm reading all these horrible things in the news. Are they true? They're not true? Up, like suicide up, 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 perhaps, yeah. everything is Obviously, up. COVID's doing that, but... Was it always just a bulk and powder cake waiting to be exacerbated by a catalyst? Yep. I, I mean, Kids yeah. were already struggling before COVID and mm. now it's just worse. Yeah. Now it's worse because they're isolated. You know, I mean, in a way, I, I hope that it in some way evens out because it, this is not a surprise. Like people are aware that this is difficult for teenagers. So the resources in some ways are, I think, more apparent. So I'm hoping that, you know, maybe a kid who struggled with anxiety, but now because everyone is struggling with anxiety because of COVID, maybe that kid would be more likely to seek help or admit it or be vocal about it. So maybe that will be helpful. It's interesting because, you know, I have a teenager who struggles with anxiety, um, but his anxiety is primarily related to like social anxiety. So it's been much easier for him because he doesn't have to be in situations that he doesn't want to be in. And, and actually, you know, I've seen something of a positive change. However... I'm always left with that thought, like, you know, going to school makes him do things. And now I have no avenue to make him do anything. And it's hard because, again, it comes right back to it that, like, it's my problem. It's my decision that I have to make. It's my responsibility to find something for him to go do. And now I have the added burden that the something that we find has to also be physically safe, which is hard because then he'll, you know, I'm happy if he goes to hang out with a friend. But if the friend is like an anti-masker, then what the hell am I supposed to do with that now? And it just adds like everything is so complex and it feels like I'm in a, like feels like I'm in a logic game. You know, if I do that, then this happens and if that happens and it causes this. Yeah, result. how have you managed that? Obviously my kids are 10 and like we, we, we're there, there all the time. We don't have to deal with this. And your teenagers are exposed to a different age bracket of influence and they meet somebody whose parents are this and not that. And you're like you're face palming yourself and how do you educate your teenager that we believe, it's like religion. Like we believe this, they believe that. It's not okay they believe that, although in religion it is yeah, okay they believe that. I don't try to make them believe what I believe. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. So you'd be okay if your son doesn't wear a mask? Well, that's a tough question because my kids have antibodies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, a skewed question. That's a skewed question. All right, so Franklin yeah. was exposed to a friend and he went somewhere social and like those college raves where they're yeah. not doing any masks. Would you be angry at him? Would you... What would you, yeah, your I'd be thoughts? pissed. Yeah. I'd be pissed because when it comes, this is to me, um, you know, wearing a mask versus not wearing a mask is, um, I mean, it's an issue of fact. It's not an issue of opinion. So, on and we talked about it on the last show too. Yeah, I mean, on on issues of opinion, I'm very happy if my kids have their own opinion. In fact, I love it if their opinion differs with mine. But um, issues of safety, uh, I'm not interested in. in really them having a different opinion as you know nor would i be interested in them having a different opinion about things like seat belts or drinking and driving or anything to be like that. to be fair i feel like the kids are doing this better than the adults they absolutely are in I fact my daughter who's 10 or 11 now there's no question that she's the most disciplined of any of us because she's a kid so she she's a rule follower they told her to wear the mask she wears a mask she doesn't it doesn't bother her at it all it's been a non-issue it's a non-issue my right. 16 year old it's all it's really a non-issue and he gets annoyed with me 
if he sees me taking my mask down uh, in places where it's kind of ambiguous whether you have to have it or not, right. he gets really annoyed with me. He also is totally on me about recycling. My God, like God forbid, I don't th- like I throw away a can. Yeah, like he would. He acts like I killed a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> and and in that way, actually, I I I am enjoying seeing my kids keep us honest. You know, like I think it's a good thing. My my kids are definitely they've been they've been on it. They've been really careful. Like you really don't have to stay on them about COVID safety. They're they're on it. But I will say. I want to say maybe Aprilish. It was still kind of early on. We'd had COVID. We recovered. We were like safe to go out again. My two teenagers were walking down the street by themselves, or together by themselves, and they didn't have masks on. There was nobody else around. There was no one to social distance right. from. A car stopped to yell at the two of them that they were standing too close together. What? And we've been laughing about it ever since because, you know, siblings live yes. in the same house, outdoors, you know, but... It's kind of... Is yeah. it really anyone's business or is it really a public safety consciousness thing? There's there's an element of public safety. But I mean, I, I, have, I, I appreciate people trying... Like, I don't think two people outdoors away from other people. Right. right. I mean, I think that if you're going to speak up, and, and I actually really do approve of speaking up because to me, 90% of the time, you know, you speak up and the, the person on the other end either didn't realize or, you know, was having a moment of not being so careful. And I think it's usually a really good thing as long as you do it politely and kindly. But, you know, you have to do with common sense. You know, if you're talking about two people outside that maybe could be siblings, maybe that's not that's not the time that you need to speak up. You know, I make think, sure I that... I think there's a certain amount of not making assumptions and giving people a little bit of room. Like a little bit. You have to give them a little bit of room. I mean, you, you don't need to be the freaking... You know, it's like the people who, who every time you go to... TJ Maxx, you know, there's always that old lady, you, you know, you left your bag on the shopping cart. <laughs> you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Every single time. Like, cause I'm a big, like I leave my pocket. I, do, I the really shop. do my hardest to avoid stores. Period. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait. So speaking of TJ Maxx yeah. and, the, and the shopping stores, what's it like to be a Karen when you're not a Karen? Oh, good God. The worst thing ever. Right, just for the listeners, Karen is not a Karen. She's an OG Karen. I think I'm going to change my name, honestly. Yeah. It's the worst. Or at least get a t-shirt. I'm not a, a Karen. T-shirt. It's, not I know, it's kind, kind of, of unfair. Oh, my God. Can <gasps> we please worst. get you one that says not kind of, that kind of Karen? Not that kind of Karen. <laughs> I need something. It must really like, hurt. <laughs> Why my name? Yeah. Like, like, even just, like, leaving voicemails for the plumber, the minute I'm like, hi, this is Karen, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, oh, there it is. And, and you'll worst. never, ever say, like, hi, this is Karen. Yeah. Can I speak to the I'm manager? Wanna, <laughs> no. And the joke of it is I worked a help desk for years. Like, I lived the other side of the Karen. Like, right. I will never you be were the person. manager. You were, <laughs> you, you were the receiving end of all that. I was the receiving end of the Karens. This I can attest. This yes. is like what – these are things I never have to worry about because I have a weird name. Yeah. No one will ever make my name a stereotype. That's what, yeah. I, that's what I get from my – you know the witch's hat? You know how like name popularity spikes and then drops off? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's okay. what I get for my parents giving me uh, a name after the witch's hat. I and never heard of the witch's they're hat. they're debating what the male version is. It's like Kyle Chad or something. Or, Chad, yeah. Kyle, Chet. Chet. Well, Chet is from um, Weird if Science. It's, if, it's our, if it's our age, it's, it's definitely not Chet. It's only in Staten Island. Is it Michael? That wasn't like a no. That wasn't a universal thing. No, in the mid seventies. That was no. a New York City thing. Jason, John, Jason. I'd say Matthew's in there. Yeah, but I'm a saint, so you really can't go there. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah, it, it immunizes you. That's the only thing I knew about Catholicism: Saint Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there, there you go. go. Matthew with two T's, by the way. I think you both knew this, but they misspelled it on my bar mitzvah. Stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was middle school. But like, yeah. So Phil and John and Laura, uh, they remember. Was it one T? One T. What what the hell's wrong with you? That's Matthew. One T? Yeah. Do you tell people that the second T is silent? It was the worst part of puberty. I do know (laughs) an adult that's a Matthew with one T. Ah, curse that parent. (laughs) Not the person. The The parent. parent. Back with our guests after the break. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. I went for a massage recently and um the, Does, is that allowed in covid <laughs> oh it's allowed for me and as and as the masseuse said to me my room my rules i was like oh i think so i like you this. take off so, everything except your mask <laughs> yes that's awesome <laughs> so it, indeed oh my God, that's so it was fantastic that's very but, sexy too. Oh, it was fabulous i mean i know massages but wait, aren't but but so the, the guy says wait to me, what what kind of place was this it was one of those places, you know, hand in stone. Okay, okay. fantastic. So, um, and the guy says, the guy says, your name is Alora. When when I, he goes, you're going to let, no, mind you, I'm naked now, right? And he's had a conversation. <laughs> Every story should start like that. I'm naked. And he goes. Mind you, I'm naked. I'm naked. And he goes, um, you know, when I was 12, I decided that if I ever had a little girl, I would name her Alora. And I was like, I have no idea how to respond to this. Did you tell him it's not actually a name? <laughs> yes. I was like, why? And he said, oh, well, it was the name of a character in a video game that I loved. What? Yeah. I bet it was like an A-L-O-R-A I guarantee kind of thing. it. I guarantee it. Like Aloha, but spelled It was wrong. literally one of the most awkward conversations that I ever had because I was like, this is such a one-sided conversation. I'm literally naked face down. And he's like telling me he wants to name his child after me. I mean, <laughs> things you I, can't even imagine happening in, in your life. No, it and I go, she could be talking about religion. True. Oh, have yeah. you ever True. been stuck in a massage talking about religion? One time, actually. Yeah, I, have yeah. I have not. I have not. It's the opposite of relaxing. Yeah. It is the opposite of relaxing. <laughs> and yes, it was very bad. It was this guy. He was a super Catholic. He And I'm Catholic, but he was like Catholic with a capital <laughs> C. And he was all about like, you know, healing. He had a healing radio show and some kind of craziness. And I was like, oh, get me out of here. It's terrible. It's like you're really tightening your lower abs here. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> I always enjoy that when I get a massage. I just went for my, it was my first post-COVID massage. And and because of COVID, I have the, the membership to Hand and Stone. So now I have like 47 massages like yeah. saved up. So I we went go for every week. I went for two hours. Right? Nice. So it was amazing. And, and I was they like, didn't convert you to Protestantism they or did something. Not, they okay. did not. I was like, I might die because of COVID, but you know what? It's gonna be it's worth, really it. worth it. I'm gonna You're go gonna out be really with a smile. relaxed when you die. I always I always enjoy going to get a massage and having the person say to me, What the hell have you been doing? And did I tell you this about my climbing? You, wait, you climb now? I didn't tell you this. Okay, I know you've been on a ropes course. So here's the thing, right? Wait, wait. So you, yeah. I knew the kayaking. We we discussed so, that on the last show. But yeah. so you, let me you tell you, climb now. So no, no. What do you climb? I do not climb now. No, no. Okay. Uh, allow me to interject. Okay, okay. <laughs> Go so forth. My so new outdoor. It, it is in the spirit of my new outdoorsiness. This is COVID outdoorsiness. COVID outdoorsiness. Because okay. you know what the hell else is there to do? You can't shop anymore. You can't see shows. You can't go to concerts. So you can't eat eat at restaurants. So you cl- you, you climb. So no, no, I do not. I do outdoorsy things. I love, I love walking and waterfalls and that kind of shit. Okay, great stuff where you can sit. Really right, good. stuff where I can sit. So I go on vacation. We rent a house, me and a few families in my bubble, and we go on vacation to the Adirondacks. And we're like, oh, this is great. Like we're gonna have such a nice time. We'll go on some hikes. It'll be awesome. So my one friend says, why don't we go to this thing? And it's like a zip lining course. And I love zip lining. I love. I saw this on your I love social ziplining. media things. So yeah, so I love all. Uh, adventure things that do not require any kind of coordination from me. So I love, you know, bungee so jumping. Gravity works. Ra- gravity have you been awesome. bungee jumping? I, I haven't, but I like I would, and I, I love, I love um, what is it called? Parasailing, and I love roller coasters because all of these things they're fun, but they don't require anything from you me. You are the result of physics, not the cause of it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so I see the thing that says ziplining, and I'm like, absolutely, I'd love to do this. So I sign everyone up. We go to the place, and you can't see it because it's in the treetops right so you can't see what the right what the thing is the canopy right you i'm like the perfect it's beautiful so they come they harness us up and at no time do they say ma'am you're a little old and a little fat for this (laughs) (laughs) 
There was no checklist that says, are you able to climb no. a Spider-Man? No, no, at no time. Yeah. Like the TSA of, of, right. of zip lining. At no time do they look at me and say Did like- you pack your own bags? Yeah, they don't say like, you really don't look like you're in the right kind of shape for this. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know, right? And I'm still assuming this is just zip lining or something like, you know, whatever. But it's not just climbing, it's extreme climbing. But I'm, I'm an idiot and I don't realize that that actually indicates something because, you know, everything's extreme and then it never really is. So I'm like, whatever. So, you know, my daughter's there, my husband's there, a bunch of other kids, we get harnessed up. Still, nobody's saying anything. I assume that what this is going to be is I climb up on some kind of thing. Um, you know, I go up the steps on a, some kind of a wooden scaffolding and then they hook me into the zip line and they send me on my way and I go wee through the trees. This is what I'm expecting. As it turns out... What it is is four hours of four fucking hours. Four hours. Four hours of Indiana Jones bullshit, okay? Where you are 50 feet to 100 feet up in the air. That sounds so awesome. It's terrible. It was the worst thing I've ever done from tree to tree. And the way you get from tree to tree, once in a while, like once out of every 10 times, it's a zip line. Once was a Tarzan rope. I I shit you not. A couple of times it was, um, it's like rope ladders, like rope bridges, I mean. Oh, right? God. No, Your some, kids did that this That is too. Temple of Hold Doom on. kind of stuff No, no, right it there. was crazy. Some, not my son, because he's not stupid. Sometimes it was like a, a, a rope bridge with like a log on it that swung oh, when you put yep. your foot up. Sometimes it was vertical um, logs hanging, and then you had to bear hug it and then jump from one to the next. Yep. It was the single most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. So, and I'm not coordinated. <laughs> I have terrible bounce. And yet so, you kayak. No, so. no, but that doesn't take much. Okay. So, so, and they, I'm expecting, okay, like the guy who works at the place, like harnesses you in and your kids in and then sends you on your way. No, no. They teach you how to do it. And then you're on your fucking own for four hours. <laughs> and if you die, you it's die you. apparently, right? It's very so, action park of them. It was, it is I mean, and very they had, action park. The, the harnesses that they used had like some kind of technology that apparently doesn't allow them to both be open at the same time or some nonsense. But I'm, I don't know that I'm buying it. So we go on, for, in order to do it, 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 their version of testing to make sure you understand how to work the equipment is that you go on like a test course that's about two feet off the ground, which is a tightrope. Mind you, you wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for COVID. Right. I would never be doing this. Okay. And the so, test course didn't include you in at any point The test course is to come? Well, I thought some of them would be like that and other ones would be zipline. Wait. So I get on the test course. I, I step one foot on the tightrope and immediately fall off of it because I have terrible balance. Wait. Were you at least like safety harness yes, or something? Yes, you're safety harness so you won't fall down to your death, <laughs> but you will fall off of it and seriously hurt yourself still. <laughs> And then the only way to get back up on it is to use your upper body strength, theoretically, to pull yourself back on Your groin a might be rope. a little worse for wear. Right. So I'm like, oh, my God. So the only thing that gets me back on the tightrope is pure adrenaline, right? <laughs> like, I am like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So I decide, no problem, I will go in the zip line part with my daughter, and then I will walk on the ground for the other types of crossings that are not zip lines. Little do I know, because I'm an idiot, that that's not an option. Once you're up, you're up. So I'm up for four hours. Wait, how did we get on this topic? Yeah, I don't know. I like I it, but no how did we get on it? I don't know, Bourbon. but it's because of COVID. <laughs> this is all fucking COVID. I did this for four hours. And the only, I was fueled by nothing but terror. And I cried. There was crying. <laughs> there was me trying to catch up with my daughter who went so far ahead of me that I couldn't find her. And I found out during it that my husband is apparently part squirrel. Because he had no problem just jumping up the trees. And I was like, I got to be honest, the whole time you're talking, I was like, oh my God, it was how the worst. Can I do this. You're crazy. Go into it. Yeah. Now I want some. I but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something. In my mind, it was really a metaphor for this time that we're in because it was it was a situation I did. I didn't, see what you did. Come in full circle. Full here. circle. Here it is. Here's the circle. I'm here's making, our metaphor. Here's what I'm making the last time. Come on in. <laughs> I was not happy to be there. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do it. I am not, I am specifically not qualified to do this. Like, it's not like I'm an athlete and I, I'm actually good at this and I just am afraid. Like, Once I am not there, good at choice. this. I was up there. I had no choice. Um, I was not suited for it and no one normal would be suited for Wait, it. Wait, so we're taken out of our comfort zones because of COVID and pandemic and you put yourself in an uncomfortable comfort zone on and, purpose and, and, and because of COVID. Yeah, and here's what I learned. It has been a long time since I experienced white hot terror like that. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not kidding, like real, real physical, visceral terror. And um, the only thing I could do was go th through it. Like there was no other way out other yep. than through it. 
and I did it. And I will not tell you that I came through it and I felt stronger, any of this bullshit. Like, no. Um, but I did survive. And I did. Evidence uh, of the contrary. Uh, uh, right. And I'll tell you, the fact that I survived and the fact that I got through it must indicate that there was more in my tank than I ever knew. I thought I really yeah. knew myself. I thought I knew what I was able to do and not do. And because of my fear, I was able to do a little more than I normally would be. You find so out maybe, what you made of. Yeah. So maybe we all have that. And maybe, you know, at, at The 40, pressure test. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, by the time you get to our age, you know yourself. You know your limits. Right. You know, you know what you're good at, what you're shitty at. Like, it's just part You don't part need of, more friends. Right. And like, you're, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know, it, sometimes it's interesting to be wrong on something that wow. you really knew. Like, you really thought. Like, I am terrible at doing things involving balance. And yet, for four hours, 100 feet off the ground, I managed to not fall. What's your big, like, life hack takeaway over the last 10 From months? COVID? Yeah. Besides having antibodies that mean nothing. Don't say they mean nothing. By the way, I registered here. the domain antibodies.com. <laughs> Nobody had that? No one had it. I don't, I don't think I've had my light bulb moment yet. Really? Try going on the ropes course. Yeah, ropes course. While I was there in tears, I had... <laughs> you may pleasure from her pain I, and i'll tell you, you know what the best part about it was not to keep going back to my ropes course but i i'm one of those mothers that is um constantly afraid for my children's physical safety like to the point of psychosis almost and um in that moment when i was so 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 terrified for myself there was no room to be terrified for my children I've and that, that was moment. an interesting was break it freeing I guess it was it was like singular focus because when you're a mom no matter what you're thinking you're always thinking that and whatever's going on with your kids. This was like, I literally was thinking about nothing else. Just my I, own physical I had that safety. moment when I was really, really sick. Where you were only, you, you only have so much space for terror, right? You only have so much space for terror. And there's like, there's a will to live thing that kicks in when you truly feel like your life is on the line. Where you literally forget everything else exists except for just surviving. And I think that when you spend time being a mother... You're, you get so you get so bogged down and wrapped down and yeah. about your kid's safety and stuff. I mean, and, and a father too. I don't mean to exclude dads at all. But, yeah, when, but when we, we don't care. <laughs> we just show up and have fun but, and but deal I, with it. I think that that the worst part of parenting is the constant burden of worry about your kids. And I've always said that I'd love a weekend off from that. Um, not from my it. kids. You know, it's not about you had changing four diapers. Hours off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah, I had four hours off. So here's what's interesting to me. You've given birth to two children. And this was when you found out what you were made of. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I feel like amazing. this should be the dum 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 moment. I mean. Look at that. I, I, it wasn't as dangerous when I had the <laughs> <laughs> You had a safety net. Yeah. And theoretically, like everybody seemed like they thought it yeah, was a Yeah, she had doctors on hand. When the kids were born. And I was laying down. And it didn't require me to balance. <laughs> <laughs> no ropes course. Different, different kind of ropes Again, course. Again, the baby was coming out whether I did it right or not. Right, <laughs> that, yeah. That is the variable. Wow. Lessons to be learned. I mean, I don't know what one can take away. Like, I'm not, I don't know that I advocate, like, go do this. Because I really would, I'm never doing it again. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. But I think the, the, the metaphor I like to use is, like, COVID has exposed like this ebb tide. It pulled the ocean back so we can see things that we never could have seen before. Yeah. In healthcare, it's, it's income inequality and disparities in black and brown communities and uh, socioeconomic disparities and, and deaths. You know, a horrible statistic is that most of the kids that died of COVID were not white. That's a, a fact. That That's not fake news. That's a real thing. But for those of us that are, in a sense, privileged, like we're here, and we go, I, I have not known anyone that has passed away personally. That is gratitude. My parents are still here. My animals are still here. Everyone I know is still here. We've gone through it. Karen, you had it. Like, it was life-threatening, clearly, and you're still here. Your family's still here. But to the extent that we can life hack our way through crap, despite not having, like, a, a number at the end of the equal sign... It's exciting to see, and I say exciting with an asterisk perhaps, but it's exciting to see how we endure all of this bullshit. As someone who's always kind of been a little bit of a history junkie, I find myself looking at the world unfolding and looking back at the past and wondering where there's similarities and where there's differences. And I look back to times like World War II for some reason pops into my head really often. And I look at wartime and I look at, you know, when it started, do they think they were in it for four or five years? Do they right. think, do they go month to month thinking 
we talk Anytime about that in my house over. all the time. Oh, right? All the time. Because we talk about World War II. We talk about World War II all the time. But I wonder, and did they did they spend five years in this Thinking that it was going to be done right and, and being like, maybe it'll be just another month. Maybe it'll be just another two right. months. Yep. And, and constantly living on the edge of, is this almost done? Is it almost done? Yeah. But one of the things that I'm interested in is during World War II, when people were going through all of their terrible experiences, were they attempting to approximate their pre-war life at the same level that we here in America are trying to approximate our pre-COVID life. Because I am a firm believer in the idea that that it is a mistake that we're making. I think that when it comes to school, we should not be trying to approximate school. I think at work, we should not be trying to approximate pre-COVID work. I think we should all be looking at this like, listen, it's going to be this a little while. This is completely different. This is completely different. And we should take a break and take a beat and enjoy the world around us and enjoy our health. And we'll come back to work and school and all those things another time. And I wonder to what extent, in my mind, during things like the Holocaust and, and, and war and, and terrible times, in my mind, the families that were living through that, the only thing they were thinking about at the time was the war. I think... Anytime you have parents involved, there were people who were thinking about normalizing life for their kids. I mean, even look at Diary of Anne Frank, right? They were doing schoolwork. They were studying the whole time. They were in hiding. Right. If they knew what But the I mean, were they doing was, it to make her feel better or were they doing it because they really thought it was necessary in some global way? I think they were thinking that life was going to be normal again very soon and it was going to be really important. They were up to date on their studies. And, and ultimately, what do we think about that? Because I think that that's a mistake. I, I really think it's a mistake to try to do that. You know, I had a friend ask me the other day, she's got her, you know, her dad's elderly and she hasn't seen him in quite a while. And we were talking about keeping your parents safe and not exposing them if you're a little bit more out in the world versus what happens if, if there's somebody in your life, I mean, elderly or not, nobody is guaranteed tomorrow. And what happens if in the name of keeping somebody safe, you don't see them for six months or a year and then you lose them? Right. How will you feel about the fact that you didn't hug them again? You know, like where this just where, got really dark really quick. Yeah. No, but oh. where where's that line? Cue the theme to Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, no, but somebody well, get a violin. Where's yeah. that line between protecting people and not really? Well, that was my parents. My parents were like anyone terrified because they're vulnerable. They're old. They have all these chronic things going on. And I mean, through all of this, my mom had a deep vein thrombosis issue, nearly died. And you know this, and she's fine now, thankfully, but no one could see her. And they were terrified even, we had to like drive by on the sidewalk and wave to them at some point. And then they realized at some point, they'd rather take risk to get sick and die than never see their grandchildren again, who yeah, might be what, vectors. Right. That's what my mom is saying too. Right. But she's like, yeah, no, it's not safe for me to see my grandchildren, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Right. And I get it. I, how, that's how a valid kind that? of choice. Yeah, It's a balance. And so now you've got COVID antibodies. You're not elderly. But you face that situation where you almost lost your life. You're on borrowed time. Does that attitude filter over into other parts of your life? I feel like I'm Wolverine on borrowed time. Do you? Yeah. I mean, the borrowed time part is clearly there. I'm, I'm, I think my, my, one of my um, founders of Stupid Cancer used to say that she's um, – She's past her expiration date. And I've always felt that way. I'm 25 years next year, if you can believe yep. that. You guys were there on day one. 25 years starting in January. I'm way past my expiration You've date. You've lived longer past your expiration date than you did before it. I certainly did. That is absolutely true. And I mean, to that extent, yeah, it really is. It's not in, in invincibility. It's not like I'm literally full of adamantium or whatever. But I just figure shit's going to happen. It's going to happen. You do what you can. You make the most of it. This isn't like a cat poster kind of thing to think about. But where <laughs> can you poster. where can that. you draw the line on objectivity, reasonability, and pragmatism and risk? And and to complicate it worse, you can't make those choices for other people. And where no. COVID gets complicated is that a lot of the precautions we have to take are for other people. Well, that's why I will never be doing a zip line. I draw the line on risk in terms of things I can prevent. Yeah. I can prevent. I'm never going skydiving. Right? Instant prevention of death. I'm totally going Well, here's the thing about skydiving, and I'm really torn on it, right? No, no, you're coming. I'm really torn because here's why. I think I would love the experience of, of 
jumping down from the plane. I think I would absolutely love it. It's the landing part that no, you're worried about. The part that I'm worried about is that the stress during the time that I go up, during the time that I'm waiting on the airplane might be so much that it might not be worth it in the payoff because I know that I will be very stressed out beforehand. So I don't know if it's like, once I get there, I'll be like, why did I do this to myself just to enjoy this nice thing? Or will it have been totally worthwhile? I can't figure it out, but I, I'm working on it. I am really working on it because it's another, it's a perfect example. It doesn't require coordination on my part. Okay. Yeah. Gravity. Right. It just it's requires just, gra I love gravity. It. I'm the all physics that happened to you. Do you know, I told you what I found out a few years ago, I found out, I, I, I realized, I shouldn't say found out, I realized that I love being upside down. I never realized it before. Said me never. <laughs> I love being upside down. And um, I started taking aerial yoga courses and I, I started to crave the feeling of being upside down. I know. It's crazy. So I've had, I've had three. Listeners don't know that I'm leering at you right now. I've had three quarantine projects. One Is was, being upside down one of them? Yes. <laughs> what? One was, no, one was I found out I like gin. Gin. Okay. <laughs> one was... Um, Very productive. Learning, I like relearning Spanish. Nice. I, I, tra Spanish. I tried to learn Spanish. I we fucking failed. I failed so badly at it. And the third one was spend as much time as possible upside down. Really? I learned how to do no a headstand again. I'm working on yoga Wait, stands. Wait, did you get I'm one of those teeter hangups? Do you have one of those Batman things? Because I really the, want the teeter that. teeter no, hangups? I'm old school. It's me and the floor. Oh, okay. Oh, that's hardcore, Karen. Yeah. I can do a headstand where I like slowly engage my core and lift my legs. I'm really proud of myself. Look that's at you impressive. Look at Karen engaging as as, her core. As, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to show you. Guys. Is this like when COVID goes right? Like how do we, wow, the life I'll tell hacks. You what, this is what's happened during COVID. All of us have engaged our core. We've learned some wow. really, really weird things. That's yeah. crazy. I got tennis elbow. I mean, look, I did. I COVID learned, tennis elbow. I did. I learned how to play pickleball. It was amazing. I got special footwear. I got paddles. I got gear, wicking fabric, the whole thing. I got a tennis skirt. It was amazing. That's amazing. I'm not good at it, but I'm doing it. And you're having fun? I'm ha I mean, theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, sort of. Well, with all that said, we're going to do this again and again and again. Because A, it's therapy for me, selfishly, to see my best friends of... 30,000 years? Stop counting now? the there's, years. No, no, that's fine. There's nothing like We're, old friends. No, and there's nothing like urban. old friends and, and drinking while podcasting and recording a radio show. And, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for 25 years. I'm grateful for, not for COVID in any way, shape, or form, but if our society has evolved even the slightest bit to learn lessons of what really is important in life, it shouldn't have to take a pandemic to do that. But if it has done anything to advance our society and our individuality, I'm going to cheers to that. Clink. So cheers. we're going to clink here on the radio. There we go. <laughs> I love that sound effect. Yes. So I join us for another exciting episode of What the Fuck is Happening with Allura Nanos, Karen Marinelli, <laughs> and Kid Cancer COVID Dumpster Fire Life Hackery. What a show. Thank life you so much. Life Hackery with Matt Zachary. Life Hackery with Matt. That rhymes. I know. I I'm love kidding. Hackery. I know it rhymes. <laughs> All right. Bye, kids. Look bye, it up. Guys. See you later. That's all for today, folks. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social, and tell all your friends to listen. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producer is Matthew Zachary. Our senior producers are Jen Horanjeff and Andrew McDowell. Darren Tun is our production intern. It is recorded, mixed, and edited by Matthew Zachary. Our theme music is by the Mike Van Allen Quintet and by Mara. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make guest recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.